We're in part five of a sermon series that we've been doing called Heart, Soul, Mind, Strength. So we have one final week next week for this series. We've got one topic we're talking about today. And then next Sunday, I would love it if you were here, if you're watching on Facebook Live this morning with our high-tech Facebook Live system. I think it's working. Um, Next Sunday, I've said all along that there's not like a, we're talking about having a healthy soul, uh, every part of us, mind, body, spirit, emotions, all of that, our whole self talking about our soul. And I've said all along, there's not like a recipe, I'm not giving you like five self-help tips to self-help tips to a a healthy life, Um, but next Sunday, we're going to talk about one thing that's like the secret sauce to having a a healthy soul, to having joy in your life, to having a happy life. So that's the little teaser for next Sunday is the thing, the one thing you can do to have a healthy soul. Not that today's is bad. Today's is good too, but next Sunday is going to be great. Um, We are talking about having a healthy soul. Christy mentioned it. As we start this uh, message today, Christy mentioned it, that baby Maxwell, Thomas Levi Maxwell, arrived on Wednesday morning, correct? And a healthy baby, healthy mom, it all went well. Some of you might be thinking the numbers. What are the details? Guys don't know the details. Whenever guys say, hey, so-and-so had a baby, no one ever says, what are the details? I don't know, there's a baby. It was... Normal sized, right? Somewhere between a football and a Chipotle burrito. Somewhere right in there was normal, healthy size. Seven pounds, ten ounces, maybe, something like that. Boom. We are excited to meet Thomas Levi next week. But here's, I went to visit them, and you, I'm going to sound like an old person here. Man, they are small, right? They start out small. And I was thinking about this, and I've been reminded of this as my kids were born and as they grew up. When a baby is born... Man, their world is small, right? They're, they've got to be looking around like, what is going on? They are interested in eating and sleeping, and that's about it. That's where they start out. And my favorite thing, I love watching kids as they grow up. My favorite thing as a dad, and someday way down the road when I'm a grandpa, uh, my favorite thing is going to be to see these little kids all of a sudden have their world expanded. What started out as just interested in food and sleep then all of a sudden they realize, wait, I can crawl. I can get from here to there. And you, their world is expanded. Their mind is blown. Like, whoa, I can do this. And then all of a sudden they see a, something on a TV or they see outside or they see a puppy dog. And they're like, whoa, this is awesome. And then they can walk. And then they can climb on things. And then they can jump off of things. And then they go to the ER. And then they're like, wow, this is great. They put staples in my head. All of these things happened with our kids. Their world is expanded. And then they go, my favorite thing was taking my kids to the Mall of America back when it was Camp Snoopy or whatever it was after that, where, you know, they think they have their world figured out. And then you walk into Camp Snoopy or now Nickelodeon Universe for the first time, and their eyes are big. They're like, their world expanded, right? And then they go on the ride that, you know, remember that little airplane ride that would go around? Did anyone take their kids on that? I would have the kid. I remember that ride because you would sit, sit your kid in the airplane, but if they were smart enough kids, they could pull back on the stick and the airplane would go up, right? The kids were fine flying low, but the parents were, parents went berserk with this because every time their kid would come around and if their plane was flying low, they'd be like, pull up on the stick, sweetie, pull up. You could go high, you could go high. And then it would go around and then, sweetie, you could pull up on the stick. And the kid's not even enjoying the ride because they're like, what's wrong with mom? Like, 
And all the other parents are like, <laughs> my, kid's, my kid's way up there. Your kid's is flying on the ground. It's one of those. That's when their world expands to realize that their parents are crazy people. There's something great about seeing the world through a kid's eyes. Because I say that to say this. At a certain age, your world stops getting bigger. And for us men, that's about 40, right? <laughs> that's midlife crisis mode. Your world stops getting bigger. You stop experiencing new things. And our world gets reduced to work and bills and traffic and taking the kids to a soccer game. And that's about it for a lot of you. It's like routine every day. How's work going to be? How's the traffic? How's the weather? Better turn on Al Roker to find out if there's a snowstorm coming. Stuff like that. Our world stops getting bigger. And when that happens, it is hard on the soul. Have you ever been there? When that happens, it is hard on the soul because now it's just routine. There's no more exciting things. And when our soul is not anchored where it should be, if you were here for the whole series, week one, I talked about a healthy soul. And again, we're talking about body, mind, spirit, emotions, our will. When we are anchored in a relationship with God, when we have our source coming from that relationship, well then, when we find these things, that can be a, a healthy connection or an anchor. When we don't have that, and we find ourselves in midlife with nothing new and everything's routine, well, that's when it can come out sideways with sports cars or special friends or, you know, stuff that is not the healthiest thing. That's what the midlife can be if you're not anchored in the, in the Word of God and in a relationship with God. For a healthy soul, we need to find ways for our world to continue to grow. And that's today's topic. Today's topic is this, and we've talked about rest. We've talked about what's going on the inside. We've talked about community, how our church is a community. By the way, last week at the end of service, we had a moment where everybody stood. If you were here last week, you knew this. We had everyone stand and form into groups and begin to talk to each other. It was totally non-Minnesotan. And some people said, man, that was weird. That was outside of our comfort zone. Most people said, yeah, that was weird and awkward at first, but it was really great. Some people I saw making a, making a hasty exit, and that's fine. So I figured we need to up the ante. So today, what I'm going to do is hand around the microphone to everybody. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry about that. Some of you are already grabbing your car keys right there. We talked about last week how we're a community, so we have an anchored relationship in God, with God. We have physical and spiritual rest. We, we're mindful of what is going in. Now, we talked about physical appetites, food, how that will affect us, media, the things that we put into our mind, that will affect us. And then last week, we talked about being a community. Today, we're talking about this. A healthy soul needs to move. We need movement. We need growth and learning and experience and new challenges. Routine, as I've said already, is a soul killer. It's damaging to your soul. I want to start by looking at John chapter 10, a familiar verse. John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. And this is Jesus talking about the enemy. When he says the thief, he's referring to the enemy, our spiritual enemy, the devil, or demonic influences. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. Oh, keep that up there. Keep that last slide up there, please. Charlie, here we go. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Leave that up there for a minute. We have those two words, steal and life. The thief comes to steal. We have a spiritual enemy. 
we can call it the devil, demonic forces, spiritual forces. We have a spiritual enemy, and they want to steal our life and destroy it. But Jesus has come that we may have life and have it to the full. There are two words there that I highlighted. We can go to that slide that has the Greek words there, steal and life. Steal comes from a Greek word. Again, the New Testament was written in Greek. So the Greek word that was written to mean that was klepto. Can we throw that slide up there, please? There it is. Steel comes from the Greek word klepto. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Right? Klepto, a kleptomaniac, someone who likes to steal. Now, it's more than that. The actual meaning of that word klepto in the Greek was very sneaky. Not overtly and obviously stealing something, but very sneaky or cunning, decept deceptive, undetectable. It would be a word that would describe like a pickpocket. Someone who comes and takes something from you and you don't even realize it. It happened so sneaky. It was so subtle. It was undetectable that it could be hours or weeks or months and then you realize, wait a minute, I'm missing this. You didn't even know it was taken from you, but then you realize it's gone. So that's the word steal, klepto. Now the word life is the Greek word zoe. That means vitality, abundance, and I love this. One commentary said this. It could mean something beyond what is regular or routine. I loved that. When we're talking about how our life stops getting bigger at a certain age where we settle for the routine, I love that that verse says, the enemy wants to come and subtly steal away your life. But Jesus says, I want you to have life, abundance, more than the routine, more than what is regular. Now, I know that there is, we, uh, we have responsibilities in our adult life. We have responsibilities in our teenage life. We have to go to school. We have to go to work. There are those responsibilities. But man, when, one, when we settle for that routine, not growing, not growing in our faith, just coasting through, we become down. Maybe you've experienced that. We lose our joy. We get discouraged. The enemy wants to steal your life in subtle ways. I know the enemy wants to steal your life and destroy your life in obvious ways. And maybe you're walking through a season where there's nothing subtle about the enemy's plan for your life. There is a battle that you're fighting right now. But more often than that, I believe, it's a, it's a, a sneaky way, like a pickpocket. He comes in and he just wants you to settle for routine. He wants you to settle for just getting through life, seeing your joy kind of dwindle, not growing in your faith. Everything becomes kind of stale and stagnant. Jesus has come that you would have life, zoe life, to continually possess life, vitality beyond the routine. So here's what we're shooting for today. When we're talking about healthy souls needing movement, Healthy souls, thriving souls, a full life need to have more than the routine. You've got to have more than the routine. This is a very outward-focused message today. So we're going to talk about how we can do that. And again, when we're talking about a healthy soul, we're talking about every part of us, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. So healthy souls need three things, and the first one is this. Healthy souls need movement. We've talked about that. Healthy souls need movement. And again, we're going to talk about all aspects of our life. So physically, your body needs movement. Teenagers, have your parents ever said, turn off that screen and go get some exercise? Or go outside, go do something. Is it just my kid that would say that? I say that in our house a lot. There is movement that is required. Physically, we need to move. 
And I'm not talking about we need to move to Florida on a day like today. You're not talking about that. That's coming later. It may seem so on a day like that, on a day like today. Physically, we need to move. And I'm talking about exercise. Again, we've been talking about physical things. Exercise is crucial to a healthy soul, mind, body, spirit. I've referred to the book that I've been reading. I've referred to it a couple of times by Henry Emmons. And the book is called The Chemistry of Calm. All the things that go into your body, uh, chemicals, how your brain works, how your brain responds to food, how your brain responds to medication, all of these things that lead to a life free of anxiety and depression. And he talks about exercise, and he compares it to a miracle drug. And so there's a quote I wanted to read, if we can throw that quote up there. This is Dr. Henry Emmons talking about exercise. Imagine a drug that was inexpensive, had no negative side effects when used properly, helped everyone who used it, prevented most chronic illness, slowed the aging process, improved sleep, reduced stress, protected the brain, lifted mood, boosted self-esteem, and even enhanced one's sex life. It would be more popular than Prozac. That's Dr. Henry Emmons from The Chemistry of Calm. He talks about exercise as being as effective for many people as antidepressants. It helps ease anxiety. It even reduces sensitivity to panic attacks. And I enjoyed reading this. It was very interesting to me because he said, what exercise does is it elevates your breathing and your heart rate. And what panic attacks do is cause your body to elevate breathing and heart rate. And so if you exercise, your body's more used to saying, oh, that's common. That's normal. That's a normal thing. If you never experience that, your body goes into this mode of, why is my heart rate elevated? Why am I breathing heavier? So he says exercise is one way to reduce sensitivity to panic attacks. Exercise protects cells. It helps normalize blood sugar. It reverses metabolic syndrome. I don't know what that is, but exercise reverses it, so that's got to be awesome. It decreases inflammation and increases overall brain health. In this book, it's referred to as a wonder drug. It's a wonder drug. There are rhythms in our life. We've talked about that. Just like we can't work all the time, we have to rest. Our bodies need that rhythm. Our bodies also need the rhythm of hard work and recovery. Our bodies need the rhythm of exercise and rest. If it's all one or the other, it's not going to lead to healthy body, mind, soul. And our culture used to be way more active by default, right? It used to be way more active by default. Now everything is easy. Now you can just sit at a computer or tell Alexa to do something and everything arrives to your house and you can have all these things done. It's very easy to be a, a, a body at rest because this world is geared around ease and convenience. But it used to be different. I mean, way back, it used to be different. People had to go out and hunt for their food or go till the soil or go work for you know manual labor, working hard. So the idea of getting, you know, Exercise, going out and working out was foreign because it didn't need it. Our, life, our lifestyle was active, but now it's different. And so Dr. Henry Emmons in this book, he talks about three different ways that we can be active, that we can have movement. Again, we're not talking all about exercise today. Some of you are like, great, here we go. I shoveled the driveway, isn't that enough? And some of you just used your snowblower like, like Americans. <laughs> I shoveled the old-fashioned way. Um, Talks about this. Exercise is exertion, physical exertion, working up a sweat, lifting weights, jogging. We should do that. That's healthy. Then there's also the whole area of just being active, 
Just being active, routine movements, walking somewhere, taking the stairs, doing yard work. And then there's the, a third category that he described as just mindful activity, something that engages your mind as well as being active. So this would be playing a sport or an athletic activity where your mind is engaged in like skilled movements, yoga or dancing or even playing a musical instrument, something that your body's moving but your mind is engaged. All three are necessary for healthy souls, mind, body, spirit, okay? Physical exertion, some of you are saying, I exercise, I walk to the mailbox and back. No, that's active, that's good. Exercise is working up a sweat. This is going to be something that is going to repay you in, in dividends. Your body and your spirit are going to be thankful. You need to move. A healthy soul needs movement. Okay, so that's it. That's all the exercise talk we're going to have today. The rest of the time we can just go back to sleep or you can just relax, think about your nap today. Healthy soul needs movement. The second thing is this. A healthy soul needs fuel. And what I mean by that is what feeds your soul? What feeds your soul? We're not talking about food now. What feeds your soul? What rejuvenates you? What fuels you? What do you find enjoyable? Other than sitting in a church service. <laughs> How's everyone doing, by the way? Are we doing good? Everyone's very... Okay, I'm just going to need a little something to say that you're, you realize that you're not in the wrong place or that you know where you are. Some of you have deer-in-the-headlights look, and when that happens, I start talking faster, and it just gets awkward for everybody, so... What rejuvenates you? What fuels you? What do you find enjoyable? This is more where we talk about the routine of life. This is the most common way the enemy wants to steal our soul or our life or our joy by lulling us to sleep with routine, with mundane living. I mentioned it before. Is your world getting bigger? Are you experiencing new things? Think back to some of your best memories as a kid or a teenager or earlier in life. Go ahead, think about your best memories. What were some days that were awesome memories? What was involved in those days? I'm guessing it wasn't binge-watching something on Netflix or sitting on the couch or going to work, right? It was something unique. It was something, it was an adventure, a family trip, something unexpected that happened, something that was outside of the routine. That's the whole point, is that when we experience those things, we experience life. Our world gets bigger. We remember those days because they are something other than routine. When we, as the Kerr family, went screenless, we turned off the screens for a week, a couple of weeks ago, so no TV, no social media. We used our computers when necessary for homework or for, in, for email. But other than that, we were, we were screenless. And here's what I noticed is that we had to be, for me anyways, I had to be way more intentional about my downtime. In the evening where normally I would sit down and watch a football game or a basketball game or a hockey game or something like that, watch some sports show, watch ESPN Sports Center or where I'd sit and just mindlessly scroll through Facebook, I, those were taken away. So it forced me to be intentional about my evenings. And so what did we do? The family played games. We got out the board games. Old school, right? Board games. We dusted them off. Like, we still have these things? And we played board games. The kids would play the piano. I would read books. We were more mindful, more intentional with our downtime. We played games. We talked to each other. It was awesome. We read books, we played the piano, and I noticed a difference in just me, just in how I feel at the end of a day if depend, uh, compared to if I sat in front of the TV or the computer and looked at Facebook for however long versus if I would read something inspiring or I'd listen to music that I liked or I played the piano or I played a game with my kids. The difference in how I felt in those was 
really noticeable. It was, it was because I was being intentional. I was just getting out of the routine. Your soul needs fuel. It needs an adventure. It needs a challenge. Learn something new. Be inspired. Get out of the rut. Make your world bigger. I was thinking of this this week because there's been married couples that I've talked to Nobody here, of course. You know, I'd never talk about a married couple here. Um, where one spouse was getting more and more upset because the other spouse was never really interested in doing anything. Just always wanted to, well, I'm tired. Let's just stay home. Well, I, that sounds expensive. Well, I don't want to go on that trip. I don't want to go on an airplane because, you know, that could be dangerous. Or no. I, and, the, and the one spouse that wants to do something says, I don't care what it is. I'm just desperate to do anything. Just anything outside the normal routine. Do not raise your hand. Has anyone ever been there, right? I'm just looking for anything. There's been times where my wife has said that to me. We just got to do something outside the routine. Well, I'm here today to say your soul is in you saying the same thing. Your soul is in you saying, we got to do something. Let's do something. Let's go on an adventure. Let's do something outside of the routine. Too often we live on the defensive just avoid stress. Hide. Keep your head down. Don't make any waves. Don't get anybody mad at you. Don't put yourself out there. Avoid failure. Avoid anything that could be dangerous. Just stay in the bubble. Be safe. Just, just keep your head down until you can get back into bed and go back to sleep. And that's kind of our defensive view of life. And it's not what your soul needs. And here's where I'm going to talk about our Minnesota winter, okay? Or a Canadian winter, what I grew up in. Our approach too often is, oh, this is terrible. I'm just going to hide out. I'm not going to do anything, which I get it. It can be cold. It's snowing and all that. But if you're like that in Minnesota, that's like five months out of the year, right? If you're going to be miserable and hibernate when it's winter, that's half of your life almost, okay? Now, I'm not saying that to depress you about Minnesota. And some people really say, I got to move somewhere warm. I get that. I enjoy winter, so here's the thing. It was actually funny. We were in Miami. for We were out of town for a work thing for Christy. And on Wednesday morning, we were returning the rental car. And I'm standing outside. And it was 80 degrees. And I thought, oh, it's hot. It's too hot. Like, and I thought, it's February 5th. It can't be too hot on February 5th. I was like, get me back to the winter. I want to be back where it's cold. I'll have summer when it's summertime. That just seems normal to me. Here's the point. If all you're going to do for winter in Minnesota is complain and hide and be miserable, well, no wonder you're miserable. It might not be, what do they call it, sad, like seasonal affective disorder. It might be that you're just complaining for half of your life about the air temperature, okay? So I'm saying you could, you could do your soul some good and go outside even when it's cold, okay? Even when it's snowing. Go shovel the driveway. Do something. We can avoid being so down and depressed during our endless Minnesota winter. Amen? Okay. Facts, right? <laughs> I heard that was a thing at the IF conference, the ladies' conference. I, I was told that that might be coming. Facts. You might feel down. It might not be depression. It might not be seasonal affective disorder. It might be that you have a soul that's just desperate to do something. Go out and do something. This is spiritual as well. Our faith needs fuel. Our faith needs exercising and growth. Our faith needs an adventure, something new. Our faith, if we settle for just, well, I go to church, well, it's not going to take long before that starts to feel routine and stale. 
You know, I'm not nearly interesting enough to keep that alive in you for too long, right? Last week, we talked about a core value of our church is community, and that's one of the two core things, that we are a group of people and we do this together. Today is the other one. It's about growth. We are a community of people that help each other grow in our faith. So we're going to do this together, but we're not a community of people to just, you know, get together and have good times. We're a community of people that's going to spur each other on to grow. It's a core of who we are, to grow. We want to grow in our faith. We want to have exercise in our faith because if we don't, we just settle into a church routine that feels anything but life-giving, anything but joyful because we're stuck. So the challenge today is move your faith. Move. Don't just settle for coming to church. Stretch yourself. Share your faith with somebody. Some of you are like, oh, I could never do that. Why not? That's what we're supposed to do. We have a relationship with God. We have experienced life change from Jesus Christ, and we're supposed to tell others about it. That would be the thing that would cause a lot of us to just get out of this spiritual rut if we started sharing our faith with somebody. So let's do that. Invite somebody to church. That's going to cause your church attendance to go to a whole new uh, frame of mind when you invite somebody to church. Because instantly you're going to be like, oh man, I hope somebody talks to them. Oh, I hope they're friendly. Oh, I hope Pastor Jeff is interesting today. Oh, I hope, you know, I, don't, I didn't tell her I was going to point her out. Rebecca Sauber, Lonnie and Rebecca, you guys are awesome at inviting people to church. You have that, like, anointing on your life. Now, they're not doing it for applause or anything like that. But I promise you, their joy in their church attendance, because they're seeing people they invite come to church, they're meeting people, and they're saying, hey, come to church with us. We, we have a community we want you to be a part of. We have the good news of Jesus Christ. I promise you their church attendance and their faith is not stuck in a rut because they're moving. They are exercising their faith. Volunteer. Do an outreach. Lead a small group. Pray out loud sometime. Whoa, pray out loud. Come to pre-service prayer or be in mom's group or our Thursday night. And when there's, a, when there's a moment where we have a group of people that we're just, what I'll do is I'll say, hey, if you want to lead out in prayer, lead out in prayer. So I've, I've talked to people who are like, oh, I could never do that. And we say, well, why not? Well, I don't know what to say. Okay, well, grow in that. Learn how to do that. This would be something that we could do. Pray out loud. Come and pray for people out loud. Meet them. Find out what you could pray for. Okay, these are not, this isn't rocket science. This is using your words. But this is a, an area of growth. I want to challenge you to grow. And I'm saying this not out of any sort of self-service for our church. Now, it sounds like a little bait and switch. Sure, grow in your generosity. Grow in your church attendance. Invite people to church. Find a place to serve. Ha, 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 because we benefit from that as Homestead Church. Yes, of course we do, but I'm not saying that for the benefit of our church. I'm saying it for the benefit of your soul. You have to grow in your faith, so stretch yourself. When you settle into a routine, your faith feels small. The kingdom of God feels small because all it is is going to church. And my favorite experience is, personally, the favorite thing I experience in life is when I'm out of my comfort zone, I'm experiencing God's big kingdom in a new way. When I'm on a missions trip, where I'm talking to, when I'm seeing people that I've shared my faith with start coming to church, where I'm in another country doing something, I'll, I'll always stop and I'll be like, 
this is great. My soul feels alive. It just feels alive because I'm experiencing new things. I love that moment where I'm saying, I'm so glad I get to do this. We were, many, many years ago, Christy and I, we were in Zambia where my parents live. We took like three or four huge duffel bags full of used shoes because for kids in Zambia, they can't go to school unless they have shoes. And most of them don't have a way to get shoes, so they can't go to school. So we took to around all these orphanages and around all these villages, and we were just handing out shoes, used shoes that pile up in our closets. And these kids and the parents were so thankful and so grateful because now they owned shoes. That was a moment where I'm just like, my world got bigger that day. I'm like, I'm so glad I get to be a part of this. I'm so glad I didn't just settle for routine. Is this making sense? I want you to grow in faith. I want this to be an adventure of faith at Homestead Church. There's people in the scripture on both sides of this. People that rejected God, rejecting the call of Jesus. Um, the rich young ruler in the New Testament in Mark chapter 10 is one story. I won't get into it too much. We're running out of time today. The rich young ruler, we know the story, came to Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Yeah, I've done those, done those, do all these things. What else must I do? And Jesus said, well, you're very rich. Sell what you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me. That was an invitation from Jesus that was difficult for this guy because his whole life was based in his money. And he said, nope. Thanks, but no thanks, and he turned away. That was an invitation to go on a life of who knows what Jesus wanted to do through this guy's life. And he said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to settle for what I know, what is safe, what is comfortable. I'm going to settle for what I have. On the flip side, we have story after story of people who followed Jesus, who, who said yes to a call of God, to a life of great steps of faith and adventure and growing in their faith. Moses is one where he started out hiding in the wilderness because he had killed an Egyptian and he had to go on the run because people were looking for him. And God appeared to him at the burning bush. He said, I want you to do this. I want you to go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And his first response was, oh, that sounds dangerous and I'm not really good at talking. A lot of the things we've been talking about, right? Maybe I'd just rather say, stay here in the desert and settle for the routine. Well, fast forward the whole story and look at what God does through the life of Moses. Look at what Moses got to experience. All the plagues. Imagine going to the ruler of the, the most powerful ruler in the world and saying, Yeah, you've got to let these people go or God's going to punish you. And then all of a sudden, the water turns to blood, and, and then there's locusts everywhere and frogs and gnats and all these things. Those are days that Moses isn't going to forget, right? Those are days where Moses is like, Wow, I'm glad I'm not back in the desert just doing nothing. And especially the day where the Red Sea parts and Moses and the Israelites walk through. Imagine Moses standing there as a generation of people walk through the Red Sea to freedom. Imagine him saying, man, I'm glad I said yes. Man, I'm glad I didn't just settle for the normal. I'm glad I didn't just waste my life in the wilderness. I'm glad I let God stretch me and use me. These are stories that you find throughout Scripture of people who just said, yeah, I want to grow in my faith. I want to be involved in something. I don't want to just settle. Life is not about just making it through. Life is not just about surviving. It's about living a life of faith where God can use you and you can make a difference. So take a step of faith. Have some movement to your faith. Your body needs exercise. Your mind needs exercise. Your faith needs you to exercise it. Move it. Go on a missions trip. 
Go do something, an adventure of faith. And at the very least, you'll experience something that you'll remember. At the very least, you'll remember that day way more than any day you spent on the couch. But also, what you'll experience is God moving in your life. God stretching you and causing your faith to grow. God developing your gifts and your talents. And most of all, you're going to see God use you to change the eternity of somebody. Being a part of that, there's nothing better than being a part of that. Where people's eternities are changed, families are changed, generations are changed because of the mercy of Jesus Christ. And he used you to do it? What an honor and privilege. A healthy soul needs movement. A healthy soul needs fuel. And finally, the third thing is this. A healthy soul needs victory. And here's what I mean by that. And this is just going to be a couple minutes as we close on this. What holds us back from living the life that we want so often is fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of difficulty, fear of financial ruin, fear of defeat. All these things. We say, I've got to just keep providing for myself. I've got to keep myself safe. And we forget that these are the things that God has promised to do for us. I will provide for you. I will be your guide. I will protect you. I will be with you. The enemy wants to steal and kill and destroy, and he will use fear to do it. Fear of getting out of our routine, our comfort zone. Fear of taking that step of faith. However, viewing the enemy's schemes, we got to have the right attitude about this when talking about this. And this is found in Colossians 2, verse 15. Here's the whole point. Colossians 2, verse 15. Can we throw that on the screen? In the same way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Leave that up there. This is in Colossians talking about what Jesus did. In this way, because of what Jesus did on the cross and he rose again, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. The victory has been won. Jesus is victorious over the powers of the enemy. A commentary I read, this language, shaming them publicly, would talk about in, in the Old Testament when a, when a nation would defeat another nation or army, they would return from battle and there would be this big, almost like, you know, think Super Bowl parade, okay? But this is much more important than football. A nation returning from battle, the whole army returning and people lining the streets cheering, cheering for them. Yay, you were victorious, you victorious. And then what do they do? They bring the old defeated king, you know, shackled up. He follows behind everybody and it's like a public shaming. You were whooped is really what's happening, right? It would be like if the Kansas City Chiefs had their Super Bowl party, again, kind of like this, obviously much more important, and then they dragged the 49ers behind Did I get that right? Yeah, the 49ers behind them, and everyone could say, ha, 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 you were defeated. This is what Jesus did to the spiritual powers of the enemy, to the devil and demonic forces. He has been victorious. Facts. Is that right? Facts big facts. The victory has been assured, and he has been publicly made a spectacle of. Now, we still have to fight, but Jesus has triumphed because of the cross and the empty tomb. The forces of hell have been defeated. We have been given God-given authority to walk in victory. So that's how it applies to you. Healthy soul needs movement. Healthy soul needs fuel. And you have to remember every day as you're taking a step of faith, as you're doing an adventure of faith, you're meeting needs in the community, you're waging war against the spiritual forces, that you're, you're reminding the spiritual forces that they are defeated. We do all of these things with God-given authority 
and victory because of what Christ has done. We can walk in confidence. We still have to battle. We still have to pray, but the victory is set. So the point here is that we can confidently step into each day, live it to the full, abundant life, abundant life that Jesus wants for us to live. We need to move. Our soul needs movement. So what's the application for you today? We're just going to close in prayer in a second. I bet there's lots of different applications for all of us. Some of it might be physical, emotional, spiritual. But how can you add movement to your life? I mean, some of it physically, we all could reap the benefits of that. But emotional, spiritual, get out of the routine, get out of the normal life, more than just sitting in front of a screen. Teenagers, this is a time where your life is getting bigger. You're experiencing new things. So when your parents say, put that screen down and go experience something, there's a reason because there's a big world out there that we want you to experience. Grown-ups, the same thing. There's a big world out there we want you to experience. There's a big God and a big faith, and we want you to experience it. So what is the application for you? How can we move? How can we grow? How can we fuel our soul? Let's close in prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you, first of all, for the work that you did on the cross, that the victory is set, that we are secure in you, that we can walk through this week no matter what we have to face in victory and strength because of what you've done. So, Lord, I pray that for each of us that there would be a conviction or a motivation or just a, just a newfound energy to break out of the routine of life and to grow, to exercise our faith, to, do, to take a step this week that might challenge our comfort zone a little bit, to share our faith, to, to find ways that we can experience a big kingdom and a big world. So, Lord, we know that your Holy Spirit is here speaking to each heart. Whatever message we need to hear, we receive it today. And we just have open hearts and open hands, and we say, Lord, we want you to speak. We want you to guide us, and we want to grow in our faith. So I pray that you would do that in each of us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.